0: this week on Hope for the Broken.
1: When you pray, do you consider yourself communicating your heart and your emotions to the Lord? He he already knows you're uptight. He already knows that you are hurt and you are grieving on the inside of your spirit. His desire is for you to communicate that to Him.
0: Welcome to Hope for the Broken, the audio podcast ministry of Trinity Baptist Church in Mount Pleasant, Texas. I'm your host, Austin Mahoney. We exist to become a gospel-centered community, redeeming brokenness through hope in Jesus Christ. At Trinity, we believe we are all broken and in need of the redeeming hope found in Jesus. For more information about our church, visit us on our website at trinitytx.org. This week, we continue our series called Back to the Basics. Here's our executive pastor, Jeff Julian, with part two titled... Prayer and fasting.
1: Today we're going to talk about uh, back to the basics. Back to the basics today is prayer and fasting. All right, y'all excited about that one? Yeah, now I know why the pastor's in Pennsylvania. FYI, he sent me a picture this morning, first thing, a picture of his from his balcony window and uh, it's up this creek flowing down with little bit tiny waterfalls, and he says, it's 46 degrees here. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Thank you, Pastor. <laughs> he is speaking at a camp this week, in uh, all week in Allenstown, Pennsylvania, with the, uh, uh, it has to do with the Tim, De- Tim Tebow Foundation. Uh, so, He's pretty excited about being a part of that this week. So pray for him as he speaks in the mornings and at night uh, all week long. Prayer and fasting. What is it? What is it not? How do we get to this? How do I do this daunting task? Is it right for me? Is it right for you? Do I impose it on somebody else? What do we do with this? When we think about prayer and fasting from a, Uh, discipleship terminology you know as a church member if you've been going to church any time at all I'm really hoping that you have heard this phrase prayer and fasting I, I really am hoping that you've heard these two things together it is biblical it's it's scriptural and it is something that we've talked about specifically we talk a lot about prayer We'd, we'd say things like, "Are you praying about this? Have you prayed about that?" But you know what? I'm going to speak from a male perspective, and over years of 35 years of, of working and ministering a lot with men, here's one phrase that I hear on a regular basis is, "I just can't pray out loud." I can't pray out loud. I get I get too nervous. I get I don't know what to do. And I just I cannot pray out loud. It just draws me up. Um and you know for years I've tried to to think about okay, what what is this, what does this mean, and how can we begin to turn the tables on. On this idea, this fear of men showing the side of their spiritual life through a prayer—how how, do we how did we get to that place? How did we get to the place that showing a tenderness of our spiritual lives is um, not manly? I mean, you know, we're the we're the strong, silent type of men that, well, you know, it, it kind of in line with telling your wife you love her, you know, the the old running joke of the the old man that, you know, had a beef with his wife and she said, you know, you never tell me I love you, and he said, well, I told you that on the very first day we got married, and if it would have changed, I'd have told you differently, you know, over these years, so. Um, but it's just this thing that it's, it builds up within our lives and we're just like, man, I just I don't know how we got to that spot in our world today that men uh, cannot be spiritual outwardly in our settings. And Jesus does a little teaching about this and we're gonna, we're gonna go over that, but I want to kind of break this down to as simple of an application as I possibly can. So we're not going to do a lot of points today uh, as far as I'm going to feed you through a bunch of lines and, and different things like that. So what I would like to do today is I would like to give a clear definition, a simple definition of what prayer and fasting is. That's I want to start with that. And then what we're going to do is, is I'm going to shift gears. I'm going to break it down with what Jesus says in his teaching about prayer and fasting. We're gonna look at some key points of prayer and fasting from God's Word through Jesus' own mouth. We're gonna look at those. Then I'm gonna to transition to how Jesus actually modeled that. You know, it's, it's a good thing when we have a modeling of a teaching. You know, some of us are listeners as we learn. Some of us learn by seeing. So we have for us, an audible teaching but we also have a visual teaching and so we're going to go with that and then I want to do just a couple of practical application points from the disciples perspective to conclude alright so I'm gonna to try to go through that fairly quickly because we have everything's happening today alright so what you see here on our screen is a definition of prayer so This is what I would like to say, the most basic definition of prayer. And this could be found, you can can pretty much Google prayer. I mean, yes, you get some wacky stuff. Uh, You can even go to, you know, a really easy website that has pretty conservative, good, down-the-line biblical instruction is gotquestions.org, gotquestions.org. Pretty good biblical stuff. Gotquestions.org says this the most basic definition is prayer is talking to God. Isn't that great? Talking to God. Prayer is not meditation or passive reflection, it is direct address to God. It is the communication of the human soul with the Lord who created the soul and prayer is the primary way for the believer in Jesus Christ to communicate his motions and desires with God and a fellowship with God. So just while you're sitting there, let me ask you a question. Is that what you think about prayer? Can you simplify what you think about prayer in that terminology. When you pray, do you consider yourself communicating your heart and your emotions to the Lord? Or as men, do you feel, man, that's kind of, kind of makes me feel uneasy because I just don't really feel good about communicating my emotions to the Lord. Well, guess what? He already knows them. That's the thing. He he already knows you're uptight. He already knows that you are hurt and you are grieving on the inside of your spirit. He already knows that. His desire is for you to communicate that To him. That's the redemption begins. It's communication. It's that easy. You see, the beauty of it is, is we are not communicating something that he is unaware of. Isn't that great? We're not telling him anything new. He just wants us to share it. You know, it's like when you have a kid and you know they did something bad, you know what the best thing is? Is for them to tell you they did it. Because that's when there's acknowledgement. If your kid acknowledges what they did bad, it's not then that you have to go, oh, by the way, I know it was you. But when they admit it, they are releasing the opportunity for healing. It's a releasing for healing. I want to go on and expound a little bit on this definition of prayer. But the prayer for us is an opportunity to praise God. We get to thank Him and tell Him how much we love Him. I was thinking about that in my own personal life through the weekend, I was thinking, have I, have I told the Lord I love him? Have I done that? Just in the simplicity of saying, Lord, I love you. Do I do that? Am I that vulnerable in my position as a man to say, Lord, I love you? with all the things that go along with the phrase, I love you. We were driving back from uh, Frisco yesterday. We went to see my, my wife's mom and dad. And uh, as we were driving back, I thought about the opportunity that, just in the quietness of, of driving home, I said, honey, I love you. I just want you to know I love you. I couldn't help but think how wonderful that felt for me as we were driving home to verbally say that out loud. Yeah, I think my wife, I think Tonda appreciated hearing that from me. I tried to do that often. I I think she appreciated hearing that from me. But I'll tell you what was most significant is that it did something to me on my heart and on my inside. It changed me. It opens up my heart for communication. It opens up my heart as a channel of feelings with one another. All right, guys, this is not spooky stuff, okay? Some of you guys, I can just already tell you guys, man, this dude has lost it. I have not, I have not. I'm thanking the Lord today because he is bringing me to the place that these things mean something to me now. They mean something to me. In our prayer time now, I've learned that we can make requests I can seek guidance. I can ask for wisdom. You see, because God desires these things from you and me. He desires that we bring to him these things. It's the fellowship with God that God loves the heart of prayer. You see, we lose sight of the simply... The simple fact that prayer, the simplicity of prayer is really about fellowship with God the Father. It's like being alone with Him and it's just you talking. It's the fellowship. Yeah, sometimes you don't have to say anything. Sometimes you don't have to to talk the whole time. There's a lot of times that my wife and I will go on the weekends to Grapevine and drive the whole two hours and say about four words. For real. I mean, my wife's not a huge talker. She's she's good with her own, you know, where she at. it's It's not a bad thing, but here's the deal. It's no less of important because there's fellowship within that time. There's the joy of fellowship and connectedness through that time because you are open. When I pray to the Lord God, I am revealing, saying, Lord, my heart and my spirit is open to you right now. I am opening my heart and my soul to you right now, Lord, to fellowship with me, to speak with me, to commune with me. That, that my friends is prayer. The second definition I wanna get to is fasting people are all over the maps on fasting, all right? People get wigged out when they talk about fasting. We're calling for a fast. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna act like I didn't hear that because I'm hungry. I am hungry right now. And here's the thing, what happens in our culture these days, we're calling for a fast. They're thinking automatically, we're going 30 days. This is going to be a problem, quick. How am I supposed to do that? How am I going to, do I drink anything? What, are going to, what, am, what am I going to do? I'm telling you, 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 this is real, right? This is real deal? I'm not joking about this. People get wigged out when they talk about fasting. I remember when the pastor called for a fast when we were praying for the Honduras uh, trial down there. <laughs> People were going, oh, uh oh yeah oh how long how long and then and then like on a Friday they're going can we can we eat yet I mean are we are we going to do a celebration where we can all eat and have a buffet or what are we going to do because people it is so confusing when we hear the word fast all we can think about is. I am going to be starving by the time this thing is over with. And what if I do it wrong? Can I, can I drink a Diet Dr. Pepper while I'm on the fast? I mean, can I do that? What if I do it and nobody else is around so that it's all good? And I'll just act like, I'm good. Hey, I'm fasting, you know, see, it's for real. It's the way it is. But let me just tell you what a real definition of fasting is. Fasting is actually a way to demonstrate to God and to ourselves that we are serious about our relationship with Him. Fasting helps us gain a new perspective and renew reliance upon God. Are there rules for fasting from a biblical standpoint? No. They're not. There's not rules. The simplicity of the rule of fasting is, is that you and I, from a disciple orientation and a position of discipleship with Jesus, as he says all along through his teaching, is that we deny ourselves and we take up the cross and live for Christ. That's it. I'm going to challenge you to do something very, very small and practical for you to begin dipping your toe into fasting. You know what you can do? The simplicity of it can be is that you, let's just say during lunchtime, and you're feeling hungry. Man, you're old, it's about 11.30, and you're going, "Mm, man, I'm hungry. My whole stomach's growling, I can't think very well, I need something to eat, I gotta get something going on. What if, in the practical aspect of fasting, in order to deny yourself, you said to the Lord. I feel that hunger in my stomach. What if I asked the question, Lord, do I hunger for you as much as I hunger for a taco? I could eat some tacos, folks. I can't. Five, easy, at Dairy queen on Tuesdays, dollar. But you know what would be so significant about the practicality of fasting? What if I converted that hunger for that and said, Lord, for this lunch hour, I'm gonna confess to you that I do not hunger for you Like I hunger for that taco. That's practical. Think about it. Before you get wigged out about a 30-day, can you go for lunch or dinner and deny yourself pleasure and equate that with your desire for God's presence. I'm gonna get now into some time of teaching. What did Jesus say about this? If you have an opportunity, turn to Matthew six, and I'm going to look at specifically when Jesus is teaching uh, disciples and others around him, and he says this in six, starting in verse five. We're gonna look at uh, praying and fasting. I'm just gonna read through this real quickly. It says, when you pray, you're not to be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners, so that they may be seen by men. Truly I say to you, they have their reward in full, but you, when you pray, go into your inner room close your door and pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you verse seven and when you are praying do not use meaningless repetition as the gentiles do for they suppose that they will be heard for their many words so do not be like them, for not, your father knows what you need before you ask him. Then he became very specific and he taught his disciples and asked their, answered their question, Lord, teach us to pray. Thus we have the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. For if you forgive others for their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. If you do not forgive others, then your Father will not forgive your transgressions do you hear the simplicity of the prayer I know you've heard many sermons on the Lord's Prayer but the whole specific thing here is that the beginning of this for me was the key when Jesus was teaching look why are you using repetitive words and so many words who are you trying to please are you trying to be pleasing to people hearing you? Or are you exposing your heart in your prayer to the Lord? Which one is it? If it is the reward of the people who are at the end of your prayer time goes, "That was the best prayer I've ever heard in my entire life," let me just tell you something. that is your reward. That's what you get. The other thing that was interesting is is that when we're praying, he says that the interesting part of it is he wants you to go and pray in your inner room. Get by yourself and pray. The teaching continues and he moves right into fasting. And he picks this up in 16 and he says, whenever you fast, Do not put on a gloomy face as the hypocrites do, for they neglect their appearance so that they will be noticed by men when they are fasting. Isn't this awesome? Truly I say to you, they have their reward in full, but you when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that your fasting will not be noticed by men, but your Father who is in secret and your father who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And the interesting thing, we have two common threads with prayer and fasting in Jesus' direct teaching on these two issues. He says, number one, are you doing it for yourself? Or are you doing it for others? And number two, where are you doing this? Are you doing it openly and publicly so that you could be noticed? Goes along with the first point. Because your father already knows. I like the, uh, the part about the, the fasting, uh, that, that it was great. Don't have a gloomy face. Isn't that fun? Oh my gosh, I'm so hungry. I'm fasting, by the way. Yes, I'm weak. That's your reward. Right there is your reward according to God's teaching. So why are we doing that? The reward is denying ourselves so that I would have as much hunger for Jesus as I do for anything else. Real quickly, modeling. One of the interesting things about modeling is that Jesus did this. It says in Matthew 4. So if you want to take this this imagery and you want to channel how these things played together in Jesus' life. Matthew 4 talks about after this is the scene after Jesus was baptized, all right? The voice from heaven, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. It says immediately in John, I mean in Matthew 4 1, it says that the Spirit of the Lord immediately led him out and into the wilderness. This is prior to his public ministry, and the Spirit of the Lord leads him into the wilderness, and this is where the training and modeling begins. So, what happens here is Jesus is praying and fasting. Matter of fact, it's for 40 days. He models this for 40 days. You know why? Because Matthew 4 tells us, and when he became hungry, I mean, this is pretty awesome that he became hungry after 40 days. I'm talking for me, half a day. I'm hungry. But I was not prepared for Satan. After 40 days, it says that when Jesus became hungry and the tempter, Satan, came to him and he began his attacks. There's a plan and a purpose in this modeling. These temptations that the Satan applied to Jesus' life were all met successfully because of his time of prayer and fasting. We have stories throughout scripture, all through scripture, that before a significant event, prayer and fasting were involved in those activities prior to the key event. Have you experienced that in your life? Do you have something coming up in your life that demands and calls for a clear, open channel? to the Lord leading in your life. I wanna finalize with a personal application here. Um, One of the things that I resonated with is that the disciples uh, tried to figure this out. They were practicing this, all right? But they stubbed their toe, they got mixed up a little bit just like I would, and just like probably you would. You see, a little bit prior to uh, Matthew 17, uh, when it says uh, there is a demon-possessed boy uh, that falls into the fire and into the water and all this stuff, the people said, we have taken him to your disciples, Jesus, and they couldn't deal with it. They didn't know how to deal with it. They couldn't heal him. You see, the interesting thing that happened was that Jesus gave the disciples when he sent them out. And we have this reference in Mark 6 that Jesus gave them the authority and the power over evil spirits and demonic spirits. He he says, "Okay, guys, look, I've given you the full power of myself, my heavenly father. You can do this. You can do it. Just like guys, though, they're thinking, yeah, I got this. And then they come upon this situation where this this family's bringing them this, this boy. And they're going, man, we've done everything we know to do. And we can't handle this. Does that sound familiar? It does to me. You know, because I'm thinking, oh, I can handle this. I know what to do with this. That's just like any time else in my spiritual life, I have something happening and I go, hang on just a second, Lord. I'm not going to recognize you right at this moment because, I mean, I've got you in my heart. I'm going to, I'm going to take care of this one myself. I mean, I'm gonna deal with this and I know all the right words to say. I know I'm supposed to do these certain types of things. I'm gonna go to church four more times this week so that I can be prepared for that. And then I'm gonna have prayer quiet time on on every morning for four days straight and not skip a day so that I'm gonna be ready in order to handle up on this business. Well, one thing that these guys forgot is that the power is not within them nor their actions. The power is in Jesus Christ. Jesus rebuked all of those and he says in 16, um, Jesus rebuked the, the demon and the demon came out of him and the boy was cured at once. And then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said in 19, why could we not drive it out? And he said, because of the littleness, littleness of your faith. For I truly say to you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible to you. But this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Two practical applications for me. We can't do it on our own. It's through prayer and fasting. And what does prayer and fasting do? It's not a technique. It's not the things that you say or you do. It's laying yourself before the Lord to fulfill the second point. It's not you, it's Jesus. Who are you trusting in? Is your prayer and fasting leading to the result that you can do something more? Or is your prayer and fasting resulting in the fact that you have completely surrendered? To Christ.
0: You're listening to Trinity Baptist Church's Hope for the Broken podcast. If you would like to learn more about this ministry, visit us online at TrinityTX.org. That's TrinityTX.org. Here's Pastor Chris to wrap up our time together.
1: Thanks for listening today. I'm so glad that you found this podcast. It is our prayer that you are encouraged and challenged by today's message. It is our goal at Trinity to lead everyone into a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. If you have questions about what it means to trust Jesus as the Lord of your life, we would love to connect with you. Please feel free to give us a call at 903-572-1959 or email us at info at If you are ever in the East Texas area, we invite you to join us for worship on Sundays at 930 or 11 a.m. Thanks so much for listening today. God bless you.
0: We pray that you have experienced hope today. If you would like to support the ministries of Trinity Baptist Church with a financial gift, you can do so by giving online. Simply log on to trinitytx.org and click the Give tab. Be sure to join us next week as we look into God's Word on Hope for the Broken.